Hello and welcome back to the Low Ratings Podcast. We have a special on our hands. My good friend Carlton Cole has decided to roll through. Uh, and he was just saying before, actually, he loves doing this stuff because he's a, he's a helpful guy, he's a generous guy. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about West Ham, a bit about what Carlton's up to now, um, and then also about England and what's going to happen in the World Cup. And we've got a delightful icebreaker. And we're joined by the Algerian boys who live around the corner from Zenadine Zidane and Benzema. We've got Yanni and Lies. Um Carlton, I didn't tell you this before, mainly because yeah. I like to surprise people. Uh, yeah. Whenever we get a new person on the pod, they have to tell us a fun fact about themselves. And I feel like you, like for those that don't know, like you should know by now, but Carlton, you're probably one of the best storytellers that I've ever come across. So uh, <laughs> I, feel like this is, <laughs> I feel like this whole pod's going to be you just telling stories. But have you got a fun yeah. fact for us? <laughs> um, fun facts? Um, not really, no. <laughs> I'm quite, I'm not that interested. It's like... I actually I'm not that interested, man. Trust me. Like um things don't like my my life is from day to day it's a it's an adventure. And the thing about it, I don't record my, my footsteps like, of what I've done or whatever. <laughs> what but people have loads of stories about me. I won't have nothing about myself. That's the thing about me. Like I just go on in my life and I think my behaviour is normal. You know what I mean? But people say it's not normal. So that's where I'm, I stand with it. It's really hard to just say, oh, fun fact about Cole Car. I've got, okay, I'll give you a fun fact. Uh, my mum's Sierra Leone. She's uh, from, from Sierra Leone. And my, and my dad is from Nigeria. You know, so. Love that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, I, oh, and there might be something, I might have something interesting to say um, come December. Uh, where I'll be probably made ambassador of Sir Leon uh, brand, so I'll be brand ambassador for. So, mm. so hope, yeah, Big yeah. Time. So that's a, that's a, that's a fun fact. Uh, <laughs> don't mind, don't mind sharing that because that's a good thing and positive. Right, that's, that's crazy. That's a hell of a fun fact. When um, Yanni was last on, his fun fact was that he basically like, where his were you saying where you were born or like where your parents were born? No, that's where where my where my dad's from. My dad's from Vigayath. No. Which is mm. like basically round the corner from Zidane and Benzema, which actually that's Zidane, is that's heritage. Yeah, same place where Leeds is from. Mbappe's mum, you know, it's all piling up. Brother Nazri, they're all from the same <laughs> area, bro. <laughs> hey, do you know what I was saying about Nazri the other day? Yeah, nah. You know how Nazri got bare chubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah, I'm fighting the Nazri gene every day. Every single day, I'm fighting that. If people Bro, Algerians, understand... <laughs> I was um, it, it was crazy the other day because I was I was actually um in Paris for for the the Champions League final. Come on, Liverpool yeah. Real Madrid, and um I went out. The, it was I was probably just maybe it was me. There's a time when I saw you. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> it. So that night when you were supposed to come and meet me. I went and met Nazri. <laughs> so, That's what happened. So we went, we bro, went to a club. I went to, we went to all like put money into pay. This guy says, no, you're in my city. <laughs> yeah. I get the drinks. You look crack on. Uh, I, was like, I said, my, my, that was levels for me. I was like, you know what? This guy is top tier, man. Like, he don't even know about that. But he's treating a fellow footballer like with respect when he comes to his city. So he'll be coming over here soon. I'll show the same respect. Yeah, man. Hundred, but bro, you saw him at that Marseille testimonial, boy. He's mm. looking like <laughs> crazy, bro. Hey, but you know, yeah, I know, but it's, it, you know those sort of players, like 
Um, he's so talented, man. Like yeah. when, when he was on that football pitch, he was he's such a talented. He's a he's a creator. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, see, like we've got different types of creators in different um, walks of life. But on football, this guy will just improvise something to get out of a yeah, sweet man. situation. He's a genius. And he's a genius, and he actually takes that into his private life as well. He's just creating all the time in his private life, and that's, that's why he's always on his. And now you see him. Obviously, he's living life. He's looking. He's looking. He's looking well, isn't it? Like he's, yeah. he's looking <laughs> healthy. Like, he's healthy. He's looking healthy, bro. Yeah, yeah. He's, look, he's not. Worried. He's not worried about how people look at him and that. You know what I mean? Like, he can carry it off well too. Like. Maybe mm, the G, Maybe yeah. the, the G, man. Come on, man. Nazar is my, one of my favorite players growing up, bro. He was one of my favorite players growing up. I think yeah. everyone in that like age bracket sort of loved Nazri. Like, he's a very like mm. lovable footballer because the things he did were like pure instinct, pure genius, just pure mm. magic. Um, that story about that night. So we went to obviously we were both in Paris, and yeah. um, I think like so basically my agent's boss or something was at like a dinner table or a drinks table before I think everyone's going to the final and um yeah. then he was like oh come through like come chill with us for a bit so I messaged Carlton going like bro I don't know anyone here and I don't even know the guy who's invited me but I, I know you so are you coming through and he was like yeah yeah I'm there I'm there yeah. <laughs> so yeah I, I was gonna come I was gonna come but then I got the bat signal from Nazri, innit? Oh, <laughs> what a hometown hero. Wow. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. It's like, it makes too much it sense. Was, it, was, it was either New Bed or the home, the mayor of the town, bro. So I had to go to the mayor, Come on, man. I mean? <laughs> to be fair, the first take a personally. Tourist. Yeah. Funniest <laughs> thing about that was, uh, did Nigel Dion go out with you the same night, Carl? No, no, no. So I think you went out the night um, before. I think it was the night before. So basically, I missed out on back-to-back nights on Sami and Nasri, like nights out, because I chose to do business instead. <laughs> I have some big regrets about that Champions League final. <laughs> the night before, Nigel was texting me saying, come meet us in a little bit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm there, I'm there. But you know how it is when you sit with these like guys who are essentially, you hope are going to pay you some money some yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like hey i'll yeah, sit yeah. here as long as necessary <laughs> yeah you need to do that you need to do that that's what i'm saying man there's a lot of time for fun later on yeah, you do the grafting you'll get rewards later yeah man um, right so normally we end the episode with the icebreaker this time we're going to start the episode with the icebreaker mainly because of a very specific reason we've partnered with art of football for the world cup uh, i'm currently wearing one of their garbs actually pretty pretty snazzy i'm not gonna lie yeah, come on, bro. Uh, they've given us a task to decide on something that happened to us while we were playing ball or something in and around playing ball that we then get printed on a top, but then you'd have to sell it. Kind of like Apprentice vibes. And I've got mine in mind, so let me let me throw some inspiration out there and then we'll go to Carlton, then Yarny, then Leah's. Um, I can't give away the place I was working, so I can only... I can, I'll can i give you a roundabout estimate of when it was and et cetera, et cetera. But basically, mm. I was working at Insert Job, and in the middle of the day at work, no word of a lie, Thomas Muller, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Philip Lahm, and I want to say either Mario Gomez or Lucas Podolski, or both. I can't remember that last person very vividly because they weren't, he wasn't there for that long. Um, but they've basically, yeah. they've turned up and they've got a, a ball with them, insert brand name. I'm sure you can fill out the blanks. Um, and my desk, I was like the hot desk at this place. So I'm just sat at a random desk. I was about 22, so hella young, never worked in football before. And they're just doing kick at keepy-uppies, kicking the ball around. And um, one of them, Bastion, goes to me, hey, 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 come here, come here. And I was like, why not? Um, basically, he's like, you're going to be the free man. We're going to play 2v2. 
you're going to be the guy who has to put the ball in in the net, which was at the time two desks. So they put two desks together on one side, two desks together on the other side, and uh, they're just ping, like they're pinging it 100 miles an hour. And every time I was giving it, giving the ball away or like giving it to the other team, Shiza, Shiza, and I, I was under so much pressure that it got to a point where I was like throwing myself around to try and reach balls, and they were honestly they were just kicking it around. Um, I'm like launching myself into tackles and stuff. Um, finished. <laughs> yeah, and basically just trying to try my best to impress these guys because I was so young. Um, about and, and to be fair, I think it was my fifth day on the job, and it felt mm. like it lasted like twenty minutes, but it genuinely lasted like forty seconds. Like it wasn't even that long. And I, like I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling the story like it was the maddest thing. It was actually at the time. I basically go and sit back down at my desk. I've like sat down. I'm looking around at everyone going. Who are you lot now, eh? Who are you lot? They're seeing your sloppy ass touches. Yeah. Um, and then, but about five minutes later, right, fifteen minutes later, I'm still gassed. Like I'm honestly, I'm sat because this was in a different country. I'm messaging all my boys in WhatsApp groups, going, "Yo, boys, I've just played ball with these guys. Played a bit of keepy uppy, bagged a few goals within this like desk environment." The managers call me in, and I'm thinking he's gonna be like, "Hey, you've made good relationship." Literally within a minute, he was like, "You're fired," and I was like. What? Oh, wow. Um, and it's my first job, like my first or second job officially. Um, and I, I, I want to get that printed on the T because in my head I was like, it's a it's a great story to tell. I feel like people will feel sorry for me. Um, Ooh. but I so, get so like, what's the bit that you're putting on the T shirt? Yeah, uh, go on. Oh, you didn't get sacked for kicking ball with Bastion Swice, bro. My <laughs> my boss was uh, that's, that's my that's my he's a hater, he's a crazy creation guy, yeah, yeah. a stickler for rules. Um, he just wasn't yeah, happy. Still... Yeah, yeah, it, it was deep. It wasn't your fault, though. It wasn't your fault. You, yeah, you, innit? You know Bast- like... Bastion does this to you and says, "Get up, you play oh. ball." I'm like, I'm there, bro. Is that what, is that what you told your boss it wasn't my fault. It was Podolski's <laughs> fault. I literally said <laughs> yeah. to him, "Look, like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity sort of vibe," and he was like, "They don't even know you exist, literally." And I was like, <laughs> "I'm 22, man. You're breaking my heart." Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, what would I get printed on the T? I was thinking about this earlier. I'd get, I really, for whatever reason, I remember like him pointing at me and saying, you're fired. So I'd get his like finger pointing at me, my face in like, it was like a mix of tears because I'd have to tell my dad and I know how angry he'd be. But at the same time, I was so gassed mm. to get sacked for that reason instead of the story to tell. And then five German players lying behind. I think it looked all <laughs> on the T. <team. laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and the, sto- the, fu- the fun Cheers. died, man. When I got home, my dad was fuming. Yeah, yeah, when you realise you didn't have a job at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big man's like, what have you got to show for it? You're just like, yeah, but I kicked ball. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, so did I at Power League, but yeah, I have a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dad did them. I had That's no time deep. for it. Um, Carlton, you got any thoughts on what you'd like on a tee? Uh, uh, I'd probably something funny, actually. I'd probably put something funny on my T-shirt. I'd say probably a, a picture of me with a mic. Under just under my chin, as I'm like I'm talking down the lens to a camera, and then just steam coming off my head and my shoulders, just like steam just coming off. Um, I once done a, I once done a, a legendary uh, interview straight after. Um, I think I was just I think we just drew a game. I just scored the equaliser, and then obviously you got when you're walking off the pitch and you're going, they drag you just in, just just before you like about to go down the tunnel. So then like. I just remember I was look, I was sweating buckets, yeah, and then like, and and it was cold. So when you're sweating and you're hot, yeah, and then you're and then and it's cold outside, like freezing temperatures. You kind of a person like me with um with 
blood temperatures as high as mine, yeah? <laughs> You're going to start combusting, you know what I mean? So it was like a chemical reaction, and I started just steaming, steaming like that. I mean, it was a great interview as well, because um, even the, I'd say even the, um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the one, that, that picture right there, that is, that is the famous picture, I'm just steaming, man, I mean, I just, I just come off of, of, of the pitch, like, and it was just like, it was just a wicked experience, because I couldn't see myself, but I can feel it, because everyone's not looking at my face, they was looking around me, so it was like my aura, it was like my aura. You know what I mean? It's like people go, whoa, this guy is godly. You know what I mean? Like, but that's how it was, you know, they couldn't look at me. I was looking at everything around me. Wouldn't they that's hilarious. Me, so it's quite hilarious. And yeah, that picture, I put that picture on, on a t-shirt. It's a brilliant picture. You know that what, Carlton? This guy on my, on my timeline on Twitter has always had that as his AVI. And I never zoomed in on it until, until the, 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 you started describing it. I was like, bro, this sounds mad familiar. <laughs> Lo and behold, it was you the whole time. That's crazy. That was me, bro. I'm fucking That's me. This is your claim yeah, to fame, man. honestly. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I'm the steam, the steam engine, mate. The steam engine. That was like steam. a, it was like a gif before a gif. Cause like, obviously the picture's not moving, but like when you look yeah. at the picture, it feels like the picture's moving. I remember that yeah, yeah. so well. It was bare <laughs> random, like how those, ra- it wasn't even like, a, it wasn't a mad game, was it? It was like a, just a normal 1-1. It was a, yeah, it was a normal 1-1. I think, I can't remember who we played, but I'd come on, score the equalizer. I was so happy as well. So you could just see my aura <laughs> leaving me, bro. That's what it was. That was the steam. It wasn't actually chemical reaction with the air. It was just my aura leaving me, just celebrating, man. That's what it was. Love it. Top. <laughs> banked. Uh, Leo, you got anything for us? I feel like you're going to come up with a mad surprise here. A mad surprise of me playing football. I'll hey, tell you fair, this, I've, I've, seen, I've seen you play ball. It ain't, it ain't pretty. You see me play ball? Where? Oh. Hey, I watched oh, the SDF, SDSFC video oh, the other day. I had, a stink, I had a stinker last episode, actually. So if you saw that, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I think the, the one memory that sticks with me about playing football, it was, I was 12 years old. And um, we were playing indoors. So basically, I don't know if you guys call it turf over here. But basically, it's like the... The, it's not real grass. It's like plastic and stuff like that. Mm. And I remember I was 12 years old or 11 years old. And the week before that, I'd seen Emmanuel Adebayor score that goal against Arsenal where he ran oh, the length of the pitch and, 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 and did the knee slide. And I remember I scored this nah, one goal. And I think it was my first goal of the season. And I was super gassed, right? 12 years old, 11 years old. And what I ended up doing was scoring the goal and running all the way to the other parents' uh, bench where like the, the other Ooh, team's yeah. parents were and did a knee slide but on the turf. And to oh, this day, whoa. my knees still have yeah. the scars of, of, of those knee t- turf burns, bro. So oh, yeah, that's probably that's... what I would put on a t-shirt. Just me doing a knee slide at 12 years old on, on, on you turf. You know what? We're going to have to just... Um, are you okay, bro? Like, yeah, yeah. You I'm 24 that? now. So you know what? <laughs> Time heals all oh. wounds, literally. <laughs> like, listen, listen, I know we're easily, as you, we're easily influenced. By like what you see on the TVs, I get it, yeah. But you gotta choose your timing, bro. Like that is yeah, not the man. time to be doing it on that sort of path, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like 
We have to blame Adibayo for this, man. It's his fault. It's his fault that you've got ruddy knees now, man. That's his bag out of I remember, though, at the time, I, th- I thought I was such a badass doing it, man. I-, I remember, like, I watched the game. I was like, I'm doing that the next goal I score. Bro, five seconds, I was gassed. And I looked down. I'm like, oh, this hurts so much, man. <laughs> hey, I'm getting Adibayo in a pod. Just for that. I'm like, oh, Adibayo, yeah. is a kid that needs your help. Are you still talking yeah, about yeah. him in 12 years? He's still got stars. Yeah, he's still got scars to show Oh, Yanni, what you got? I love that. Ah, uh, man. I don't know, man. I've been an icon in this young Sunday league scene. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I've done a bit, played with some decent pitches. But, like, this one time Power League, yeah. Imagine I was working at the FA as just, like, one of the bods. I was, like, social media manager there. Just everyday Wembley, which was interesting enough, isn't it? Um, and then, like, there was Power League next to Wembley Stadium. So, that would get slapped every lunchtime, you know, staff members <laughs> going down there, this and that. My line manager proper fancied himself, a wady <laughs> in West Brom. Um, and what I'd be getting on a t-shirt, boys, when I tell you, yeah, I rinsed this man so heavily. <laughs> his soul left his body, boys. Like, oh, wow. the, ball gets, the, ball, the ball gets rolled out to man. I stop it, bring it backwards. One roll left, and I just put it through his legs. One young no-look assist to my boy. Goal. Game over. You can't be doing that to your line manager. Mum's life thought I was going to get sacked. (laughs) So if I was to get anything on a t-shirt right there, it's him trying to close his legs. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to you, Wendy. I've just just started playing Sunday League football. I've only ever played fives in that because I've been playing basketball and American football for the last 10 years. Um, But I've played three games. Had to, a couple cameos, a young man of the match after half hour, crunched a couple bods. Old. Oh, I like that. I like that. Tech, bro. Don't lose it. Hey, trust yeah. me. All right, it's Sometimes you have to take time out to come back stronger. You know that. Yeah. Hey, I'm <laughs> getting that yeah. slapped on a t shirt. <laughs> Cold. Hey, I'm not going to lie. Yanni's a baller. I have seen him play ball a few times. So I'm, I'm I saw the passes he was given to speed the other day, bro. Crisp. No, no, no. I was that was a good shoot. <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on. Just before we carry on moving on, chat to me about speed, because we were just saying off air that you know the lads uh I mean he barks in the middle of a conversation. You know, you know? <laughs> Let's call it speed of speed here. Yeah, it's called a speed of speed. Yeah, man. He's unhinged, isn't he? Me, like, <laughs> me, like, me as a me as a character, like on the shoot, like trying to like control him. Not even control, but like like with him was just carnage because I'm obviously not taking no shit like bods will get stuck on them like non-stop do you know what I mean <laughs> so like that was actually quite interesting that was a great shoot man yeah he is absolutely unhinged he just like says whatever 17 year old Don and uh, you know I just told him to suck his mum a couple of times it was interesting <laughs> Did you know what that meant? What did he say? What was his reaction? He liked that. He would suck your like, mom. Suck my what? Suck my what? That was good, What an unhinged character. Once in a lifetime, really. I've never seen that fucker again. Yeah, he's jokes, yeah. man. Yeah, he's crazy, man. He's ah, uh, he's there's something just I don't know. I feel like he's gonna get to like 22 and look back and go. What was I doing? Why was I barking at people? He's, He's going to check his bank account. He'll, he'll realize why he was barking at people. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, hey, full yeah. disclosure, shoot there, that young shoot there, 20K. Oh, it's Whitechapel. Whitechapel, we play football pitch. 
20k. Yeah. For a young boy. 17 years of age, 20k. That's too much money. That's too much money for a 17 year old. That's too much dough, bro. He's he just, uh, he just, he just come here to clean up. That's what he's done. Yeah, That's man. what I'm coming on tour. Five, yeah, five days in. Good, good on him, man. Good on him, man. Yeah, like, listen, if you, can get, if you can get it, get it, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Make it better, bro, for sure. Hey, I'm looking yeah. forward to him spending 20k on a dog so that he doesn't have to bark anymore. Just <laughs> like <laughs> a dog every two seconds. I'm but, looking forward yeah. to seeing if FIFA gives him the World Cup song because I know they tweeted them on Twitter. They're like, let's talk business, but boy. <laughs> bro. I know, man. That would crazy. be crazy. Um, all right. My, my, son, my son keeps on playing that song. Man. I know it is. I know it, I know it word by word. <laughs> Hey, you about, what about the commentary, the punditry at the end? The punditry <laughs> killed me, bro. Like, what, was he, what was he saying? Like, he's, like, he's like, hat tricks until we die, headers until we <laughs> die. <laughs> I've never heard football in that context before. It's bro, he's brilliant. hilarious, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love him. I rate him as well. Like, if he retires at 20 from doing social media, he's 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 done. Like, it doesn't matter. I just want to know, when is he going to finally meet Ronaldo? Because he came twice to the UK to watch him. Both times <laughs> yeah. he didn't play. I hope, like, he keeps, like, doing it. It's, like, close calls every single time. And then eventually yeah. when he meets him, it's just, like, some huge unveiling. Well, he might not be meeting Ronaldo in the UK, innit? He might be going to yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Well, well, get yourself to into Miami. <laughs> hey, that's close to speed. I think Ronaldo might not want to go there just to avoid speed for a bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> speed will be outside the training ground every day. Yeah, man. What a guy. What a guy. Um all right, away from speed. Let's talk about some um some some stuff about you, Carlton. Uh the first thing yeah. at the top of here is something I wanted to ask you about anyway, because um I think when I think back to you as a player, genuinely I always felt like you would go into coaching and you're obviously at West Ham now. Um and obviously, for those at home going, no, no, ratings pod, we don't talk about real things. We talk about movies and people barking. Um, I'm just, I'm just keen to know from your standpoint as to like how you're finding coaching because you're a very, like a very, very warm character. Um, I was just saying earlier about when um, we obviously met at the Champions League final, and we don't, we, we'd only met over Zoom at that point. Um, but you know, you always give off good vibes, and I feel like coaching is definitely your bag. But how, how are you actually finding it on a, on a much deeper level? Yeah, well, it's a great journey. Listen, um, like football's a journey in general. Uh, when you start, when I started, when I was like young, didn't know I was going to make it, made it, um, had a decent career. Then after that, what do you do? Yeah, so after your career, like I, I, I kind of um, realized that I wanted to give back. And when you do get into that frame of mind and try and think, oh, do you know what? I'm going to use my experience to help younger kids. Obviously, I've got my, my sons that I, I, um, that I coach and that. That's how I started coaching them. And then I've done a bit with West Ham, like in, the, I think it was about 2018. And I came in with the under 18s when Jack Collison was the, mm. the manager and then. And then, oh, he was, yeah, Mark Phillips was there too. So, but Mark Phillips was vastly experienced. Jack Collison, great player. Um, Tragically, had to cut his career short because of injury. Um, but he's, he's given all his life to football. So then he went into coaching. So I was like, actually, I'm inspired by that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and he's really good. So I went in few, and I started coaching, but I had no badges or nothing like that. I don't know how to coach. Uh, and that was nerve-wracking because it's hard to be actually being taught how to play football than now being a teacher. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. It's really, 
Like that transition is mad. Like, like you started to learn, you've learned something and you, you pandered to this one thing. All you, you were good at taking instructions. All of a sudden, you've got to give the instructions. I felt that quite, I felt quite, that quite difficult. Although people thought that I should know it because I know football, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because now it's a different point of uh, perspective. Now I've got to give kids and I don't want to let them down. So I can't give them the wrong information. So I, I said, you know what? Let me, let me go to, um, coaching and do my badges so I just get a bit more reassured on what my delivery is because I could have a message for you as a coach but don't know how to deliver it to you and uh, I don't know how to even read you and how it, you need to receive that, that message so there's different ways of learning there's the visual obviously then you've got the sh- um, that, and then you've got the showing showing them how to do it then you've got obviously just talking so these things that I think I need to learn and try and package to give the complete product to the player I was coaching. So that's what I've done. I'm now, I've completed my, my A license. I'm about to start my pro. Um, but there's not, it's not like there's an end game for me. Like I've obviously I've got under, under 16s at West Ham now and, um, enjoying every minute of it. The other day I was, I was on BT and I was talking about players that I've actually coached, um, making their debut. It was like the best feeling in the world. Like once you, you once, when you coach these kids and I know every, coach at the club they've, they've touched these boys and it's different like capacity to help them with their career and and they've been listening to some of these boys you know what i mean so most of these boys have been listening the ones that don't listen they fall by the wayside quicker the ones that do listen give themselves a great chance mm. you know what i mean so it doesn't mean every time you you talk to a player and he takes everything on board it doesn't mean they're going to make it you just got to understand the lines of Okay, I'm trying to help these boys, but let me give them the best possibility and the best version of me and how I can um, get this message across to them so they can have the best career they can possibly have. So that's my passion, isn't it? I, I just want to help younger youngsters be that big uncle as well. Like, in, in, like, you know what I mean? So I've got players from, because I mentor a lot. So I've got players at other clubs that I actually, um, work with and, um, just the mentoring part. So when I go to like other teams, when West Ham are playing, say Spurs, they're playing Man U, playing all these other teams, I go there and then I'm getting all these young kids coming over to me saying, how you doing, Coley? It's, it's so rewarding, man, because people say, how do you know this little, these kids from these other clubs? I'm mm. like, because I'm mentor, I'm a mentor. Most of these um, kids' parents know me and they, they'll ask me, I can you talk to my son? So I do, I always talk, try and help give back as much as I can because I feel that's what you need to do. And if you don't pass on your knowledge that you've learned, in your career, then I think that's a crime to the the, the the younger generation that could use that those um that knowledge that you're given. So yeah, man, I'm enjoying every minute of it, and um, you don't know what's going to end up. You you've um like the sort of person you are. Obviously, you were just saying about giving instructions. I always feel that footballers are like you're essentially told how to do everything in your life from start to finish, from the moment you get started to the moment you're um you're sort of um like on to retiring or going into coaching and then you have to flip that and tell other people things and for you was that like a um what's the word like I think was that just like a obviously you said it's a new place it was a shock it was a yeah, shock like, yeah like how how did you actually like grasp that because in my head I'm thinking when I was at school I hated getting instructions I'm much better mm. at giving instructions and I literally mm. I couldn't listen in school I was terrible in school um anyone who gives me instructions even now like my wife gives me instructions and I get the shopping wrong every other day yeah. and she she doesn't yeah. clock that it's because I can't take instructions I'm much better yeah. at giving them I feel like this it's quite a different it's a very different task 
Yeah, look, that's the I'm probably opposite to you. I was really good at taking on board instructions. I was a really good listener. Mm. But I will say to these kids, and um, I really think the, the 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 players that get and the ones that get to the top quicker than most are the ones that listen to instructions and listen and and listening. You know, as when you're listening at, 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 um, when you're young, it's hard to just stay tuned. Like mm. stay tuned. And, stay, and, and grasp the information that's given to you because a lot of information gets given to you. But you've got to be able to decipher that information quickly and then this, and, and then show it on the pitch. So, so I, I'll give you an example. So I'm making my debut, yeah? And Mourinho said to me, listen, Coley, you've got to go out and I want you to do this. You're taking, you're taking control of the front line. I want you to lead it, but you have to do this. Otherwise, if you don't do that, they'll, they got, they'll score. Do you know what I mean? So if you don't have that information and you can't digest that information quick and transfer that information and the, that data they're giving to you and transfer it to what he wants to see on the pitch, mm. then you ain't going to play again if you get it wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's that simple. So the, the best skill to have and ability to have, I'd say, is listening first. Once you've listened and taken on board the information and then distribute it onto, into the real, in real time, that's a great talent to have. Do you know what I mean? Bro, that's why, that's why I didn't make it, clearly. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh, yo, Colin, flipping. You said a couple of the boys. What a couple of the West Ham boys made their de- like debut recently, or a couple of minutes. What? Not not mm. the Europa League tie. The free yeah, game. the Europa League. Yeah, the Europa League tie. Which one of them's your boys? So, but Divine, Divine. I've coached yeah. Divine quite a lot. Oli Styles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Started on the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, obviously you've got the ones that came on as well. Um, Lewis, Lewis Orford. Then you've got um, Kamara, and then you've got a few more like Keenan, Papaya came on. There's loads of them that come on. I was like, so it was. That was, was it. That, that, that felt like a. It's just rewarding. Yeah, I was going to ask. It's got to be insanely rewarding, right? It's rewarding for the academy because yeah. every player that's gone through the academy, the coaches have put all their time and effort into making them try, uh, get their rewards. Yeah. And. Um, when their manager notices all our efforts to try and get these boys to get make a career out of the game, um, and this, and plays them, that's the most rewarding thing. It's the best compliment um, a coach can have. I was going to say, like recently, Rashford he scored what his hundredth goal for Man United, and there was a lot of people saying, "Well, yeah, he scored a hundred, but at this point, he probably should have scored more." And me and myself and Cam were basically saying, like, if you offer any academy coach, you you just tell him ten years before like his player makes a, a debut. There is one player in your academy that'll appear for Man United, let alone score 100 goals. He'd be over the moon. So yeah, I completely <laughs> hear that, bro. That must be like it must be a bit almost like full circle for you, right? Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't so long ago I was that kid. Yeah. You know what I mean, so <laughs> big man was yeah. going through it. Yeah, so I'm, I know the men- I know the mental torture, bro. Like I know the mental torture, and I'm I'm pushing. Listen, I'm trying my best. I'm pushing these kids as much as I can. Obviously, I've got. People around me that are doing the same thing as well. Like the other coaches are top at um, the academy. We're really people driven. We, we check for the 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 the, pl- the not the player. We check for the the kid mm. who the kid actually is, and then we can build from that to create a player. Do you know what I mean? And give them our uh, principles, how it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to look at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? And how where you can actually take yourself in life. So it's that's the rewarding part, and when it does happen and you see that these young boys get their chance and they take it it's the best reward in the world man so yeah onwards and upwards man I don't know where it's going to end up for me uh, on the coaching thing I'm not saying I want to be a manager I don't, 
But I just love giving back, man. That's a great stuff. Carlton, I wanted to ask you a question, by the way. You mentioned Jose. And me personally, I, I'm on the record here. Jose, that's my favorite personality in football. Like, I just think personalities like that, especially in the modern game, like they're dying out. But you played under him for a bit uh, at, at Chelsea. Do you have any like interesting Jose Mourinho stories that haven't come out before? Any like specific <laughs> ones to you? Um, not ones for the camera, no. <laughs> <laughs> but what was your time My with God. him like? Look, Jose is um, he's one of those those characters that you get to him and he's he's, he's like um, he's changing the perspective on how you see football. Um, so when he came to Chelsea, um, Chelsea, like the first trip, like I'll give you an example how he changed the, the direction of football in, the, in this country anyway. Obviously, you had the Fergie era, the Arsene Wenger era, do you know what I mean? But he changed that perspective a little bit, but well, took it to another level. So we had obviously before him, we had Ranieri. So he brought the Italian vibes to Chelsea when, when I was young. And that's when I started seeing players started to eat better better, started to look after their body better, go to the gym more. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. footballers, footballers don't, football, yeah, footballers never used to go gym like that. You know what I mean? Hold on. Yeah, what? So the whole, like, just the whole British thing, it was just like, a, it was a Gascoigne, like, Tony Adams. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you know it was like that. It won since 66. I'm sitting there <laughs> to stay away from it. Yeah, carry on. No, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you're saying that, but that's just the times, the era. That mm. used to be acceptable back then. People used to win things. Still the same. Look, we can still talk about Brazil. Brazil do that on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they yeah, don't win the World Cup. So it doesn't matter. Back then, anyway. Um, but I'm just saying, like, now, obviously, when Mourinho come in, Ranieri was the change. He started to make everybody think a little bit more professional. Um, and then, you obviously, the... Ranieri's looked like he was brilliant to, for me because I made my debut under him. Um, so he actually made me see professionalism a little bit more. Then, obviously, Mourinho comes in and he actually um, changed the perspective of everything of what it used to be. Obviously, he just came from Porto and he just won the Champions League. He's got his own style. It's, it's a different style of training. It's a different style of what he wants from you and the way he explains things um, in the meetings. Um, and he's really a, a he's a psychologist basically. So he looked at it from a bit different perspective. And I was looking at it, looking at it, thinking, Do you know what, this is a big change. But one thing that he got the players on side straight away, the first day of um, preseason training, he's got the balls out. So usually, <laughs> as a professional, footballs are, you don't see them for at least two weeks. Do you know what it's I mean? Long, You're just it's doing it's long. Yeah, all you've got is trainers out. They're training. You ain't even got your football boots that you ordered yet. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> even, if you've got football boots, it's from last season, bro. Like, you ain't even got your football boots out first two weeks of, of pre-season. You're just running. Yeah, so you, you're just bare running. So now, when he's come in, we saw the footballs out and it, it's all the cones out. We're thinking, and you know when you come in as well, it's green, lush grass, cones are mm. out, footballs are out. It's just art. That's just art. That's what you want to see. And, 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 and look, we were so buzzing. Like, it was like, right, this is wicked. So he had us on side straight away. All yeah, the players. I remember listening to the Man United old boys talk on whatever media platform it would be. And they talked about uh, being in England camp or whatever and standard. You imagine cafeteria or whatever. Everyone's in their pods. You've got United boys, Chelsea boys, whoever. A couple stragglers from Villa or whatever. And uh, the Chelsea boys apparently, like, 
kind of just like walk through the door and we're like, fucking hell, this geezer's unbelievable. <laughs> United boy. So United, United boys sitting there going, what? Yeah. <laughs> I told you, like, because, yeah, because I'm telling you, man. But he, he was probably told to say that because I know JT learned a lot from Mourinho, if you understand what I'm wow, saying. That's yeah. why there was a lot. That's what, but there was a lot of clicks at the England team. So when you're in the England squad, you notice straight away, you walk in, there's clicks, like, not clicks as in, like, gangs. My hood, your hood. It was more, everyone would just gravitate to what they know, do you know what I mean? It wouldn't really mix with each other. Agbon Lahore was saying the same thing today. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit like that, but Agbon Lahore, what he probably noticed was, um, um, I think he over-exaggerated a little bit with it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk sport? I was, Never. Come on. Myself, I was a maverick, man. I used to just glide in with every crowd, man. I, 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 I can see that. I can north, see that. If you're from up north, I'd have a chin wag with you. I don't have to just sit <laughs> with my boys. I'm from London. Man. You know, I'm a people's person. I mm. can't put me in a box. The people's champ. Yeah, I tried, man. Like, so I, 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 I didn't see it from that point of view. Maybe he saw it from that perspective. But I didn't see it from that perspective. I just saw it as I kind of noticed that everyone was doing their own thing. So anyway, the games, the mind game started probably, especially with the English lads. It was probably at England as well. That's why it never broke away because it was so competitive. Mm-hmm. So Mourinho came and brought that vibe to say, no, there ain't no friends in this game. It's you, it's us versus them. That's oh, okay. it. Do you know what I mean? And then comes so, in, slashes it up, wins 05, 06. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? 05, 05, 06. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those ones where he brought a different mentality, a winner's mentality to Chelsea. And I saw that. I saw the change. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. I was there first hand, mate. So it was it was good to experience that that change and um, and grow within that. What was he like? You know, you mentioned like he was very pally with JT. I imagine like at that time, obviously Chelsea had loads of ballers, but it felt like a Mourinho team had to have. Terry Lampard, Drogba, and if them three were playing, it's game over basically, regardless of who's who's up against you. Was that Mourinho sort of like in Terry's ear, in Lampard's ear, in Drogba's ear? I want to actually talk about this Drogba Lampard thing in a second because we've got Leah's here and he's got some theories. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I felt like Mourinho would like constantly in my head. This is I'm seeing it. Mourinho sees them come into the dressing room and he's like, "You three are my staple guys. You have to show the levels to everyone else, and then everyone follows follows you." Was it was it actually like that? Or were it, was it just a case of Terry Lampard, Drogba were really good footballers? Look, yeah, they were just really good footballers. Look, you got to understand, um, in any team, you have to have a spine in it. Yeah. So you have to have a spine and you've got to empower that spine. You, know, you empower every position, obviously, but the spine stays your spine. And then everything else can work in contending around that, in, 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 in generally, that's what the way it's supposed to work in a, in a football match. So you've got Peter Cech in goal. Although, when uh, Mourinho come, um, you saw Carlo Codicini yeah. there, and he had, a wonder, he had a wonderful season the season before, mm-hmm. like one of his best seasons ever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it weren't enough because um, Peter Cech comes in. Yeah, Cech now is the number one. Then, obviously, you've got JT, leader, born captain. He's a he's a he's he's just a natural leader, yeah. That, so he goes as your centre back. Then you've got Lampard, the drive, the engine, the number eight, up and down, scoring goals. 
So he goes as, as your number eight midfielder. Then on top, you got Drogba icing on the cake that works hard and, and, and everything around him, he brings people into play. So once you've got that spine, then you can start adding the little extra condiments on the side. <laughs> the Robins, the good jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you've, you've got the main part in it, but then now you can put the toppings on. It's like so the foundation how, of a house, right? If you don't have the foundation for the house, it doesn't matter how much furniture you buy around it, right? The house will collapse. I hear you. So you had to, you had to, you had to actually make that spine and empower that spine. So Drogba, Lampard, then you've got JT, then you've got Chick. Everything around that, that's where the, that's where the magic happens. You know what I mean? But as long as that spine was correct, it was always going to work. Do you think that's the best spine in Prem history? I think I think it actually might be. Because I think well, you look at the United one of like Van der Sar, Rio, Skulls, Ronaldo. Maybe I think that's the best one, honestly. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Like, defensively as well. Traditional proper spine. Yeah, down the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, down the middle. Because now football's changed. You don't have to have that. You don't have to have that. You could have your strong players on the sides and getting lots of the ball. Everything's going through them. Um, Messi, the Messi dynamic that changed yeah. a lot because he used to come from the left. He used to come from the right. He never used to have a play, so everything still used to funnel through him. But he recognised that I need my spine solid, and that's the way I like to play football, and that's the way he went. But there's other styles that can don't have to have that smile. But in the English football, I think you need yeah, that smile. Yeah. So there's a man in this conversation that has a theory, and I, I want to just hear from you, Carlton. I don't want to allow this man to have any defence. Uh, <laughs> That's outrageous. <laughs> um, he has an idea in his mind that Frank Lampard's success and number of goals purely or no, mostly... No, I don't say came, purely. I said largely. Largely. <laughs> purely is 100%. Largely is like 80, okay? <laughs> largely came off the fact that DDA Drogba vacated a lot of space for him. Now, two questions on that. Was that deliberate, potentially, from Mourinho and co? Or is that just a very bad misconception that actually Frank Lampard found his own space and Drogba and Frank coexisted? Listen, Frank Lampard is one of the most brainiest footballers, most intelligent footballers I've, I've played with and trained with. Yeah? Reason... Yeah, so basically, uh, let me give you an example of what Lamps would do, right? So he'll have the ball quite deep in possession, say just in front of the halfway line and they're shooting down and Jogba's in the other half. Um, so what he'll do, he'll probably dribble a little bit, he'll do a one-two someone, get past. Now he's in an attacking midfield position, just the start of the final third. What he'll do, DJ will try and make a move, yeah? and he'll try and drag the defender out, then Lamps will probably play it to him, but play it, like, because usually what a player like Frank Lampard is capable of, but didn't do it much, is put a through ball through, yeah? Mm. What he'll do, he'll leave it just short, yeah? Where Drogba has to check his run and come deep and set, because that's the way he's played it. And he kept on doing it. I noticed it a few times, yeah? And that's how he gets his shots off from the edge of the box and piles it in, yeah. And then, they, and then sometimes he will put a ball down the line, yeah. Instead of centrally, or Didier on the other side, like probably on the wings. And then what he'll do, Didier's got no choice but to cross it or a cutback, <laughs> cross it or a cutback. And that's where Lampard is. He's there, mate, finishing it off. So Lampard. Frankie, he loves Didier. He has to because 
Didier created so much goals for him, not just by his running and his hard work but and, and space finding and, and, and get, trying to get the ball, dragging the defenders away for Lampard to run into that space. He used to do that a lot and all of this goes unnoticed. And I used to watch Didier. I used to watch how he played because so I, I was trying to do I was trying to do like the Costco version at West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. I hear that. I hear that wholeheartedly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm, doing, I'm trying to do the I'm trying to I'm trying to do the all you can eat version at West Ham. You know what I mean? I'm on my back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was trying to, but. I could have never get. We could never get to that level because obviously they're top, top. Yeah, yeah. But listen, uh, it was a it's a pleasure to notice these little things. When you're when you're actually watching the game, I'm watching for these little things. I don't watch a game like how the average person because they might not notice these things, but mm. I notice it because I study it. I have to sit. I sit. That's why I know Lance is one of the most intelligent players that mm. England has ever had. Said, you don't get that, yeah. but you don't get that many goals. You don't get that many goals like just being average or not having tactics. Those are the little dark hearts, as you were saying. Come on, man. Nubi dragged it a bit, man. Nubi dragged it a bit. Nah, I just nah. think I agree. I agree with what you said, Carlton. For me, I always say Drogba, especially the newer generation who they're so obsessed with numbers and stats. They look at his goals per season. Of course, he had like two Golden Boot winning years, but there were years where he scored five goals, seven goals, eleven goals, but. You have to watch Drogba, in my opinion, to really appreciate how much of a battering ram this guy was. I think the word you didn't use that you'd probably agree with is unselfish. This guy literally running down the channels, holding up three defenders. It's not a coincidence that you ask Carragher, Rio, any top defender of that time, who was the striker that you feared playing against the most is Drogba. Yeah, most definitely. That's why I knew. knew Because he's got, I was his body type, I was his type of player. Like then you, you, he was like the 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 hold up guy that can shoot with left foot. He could shoot with right foot. The only thing that he could have probably um, done a little bit more was score more goals. Do mm. you know what I mean? He could have yeah. scored more goals, but because he was selfless, he didn't. He put the team first, and he I would like that as well. Too much in it. He was doing too much to be scoring that yeah, goals was, like Harlan yeah. thing. Like he very much he just yeah yeah, yeah. Goals, 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 numbers numbers yeah, different kind of striker yeah different different type as I'm saying. So he's a selfless striker, but then if he got a goal at the end of it, you get a goal, and then you'll say, "Bravo, well done, you deserve that." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, can yeah. I can I interject um, with some quick striker related? Um, Questions. Go on. And we're going to take it away from the Drogba and the Lampards and that. Here's what I'm saying, yeah. Big yarns, young yarns at this time. Little boy, Upton Park, Freddie Pickyon, John Carew, Carlton Cole, my fucking strikers. You must have been in some different striker rooms like across the career, but yeah. like, I can't remember really like many striker rooms having three big dons like that. Like what was that mm. like playing, you know, within that obviously you lot were basically competing sometimes Big Sam go two up top. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard because it must have been hard you know, everyone's the same time. Yeah, you know that yeah, you know that all of those boys can do a job, mate. You know what I mean? They like do a job. John Carew's got pedigree, Freddie Piggyon's yeah. got pedigree, the Leon yeah. boys. Yeah, so they've got you know they can all do a job but then then it then it comes down to uh, I've got to make sure that I'm the one that gets picked, boy. Because although it started off rough, um, 
Sam brought in Freddie Pickford that season anyway to, to replace me because um, I was supposed to leave. Um, and it kind of put pressure on me to say, oh, Coley, well, if you don't leave, you're not guaranteed a place. I was like, rah, boy. And I was like, you know what? I'm willing to fight, mate. Like, let's have a go. Fantastic season, my boy. Yeah, that got us promoted that season. But it was it was one of those ones. But John Carew, like, he was a fantastic player in his day. But he when he came, he had a lot of injuries. So he he had back he had a lot of back injuries. Tell him was cropped, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of injuries. So I feel sorry for his time when he was with us because he wanted to do more, but he couldn't. Um, And it would have taken a lot of pressure. Remember, then we got Nicky Maynard as well. We had Sam Bulldog. You know what I mean? Mm. Super, super Sammy Bulldog. Sorry, boys. This yeah. is just like, this is just me, West Ham. <laughs> He's going full fanboy, West Ham yeah, fanboy sorry. mode. No, no, but we had, we had the, like, Nicky Maynard at that level was top. Like, he was the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, Nippy. Ricardo Vaste was top at that level as well. Vaste is a throwback, we, my God. We got, him, we got him in the January window and we got him for, like, peanuts because really, truly, he was already on 13 goals or something like that already. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember what it was. Well, about 10 goals, 11 goals he was on already. So he was yeah, yeah. he was on frames. And then you had, um, obviously, Sam Bulldog, that was um, really a really good striker. Young up-and-coming striker. Nippy got around the pitch really well. So everyone done their part that season. Everyone done their part and tried to do their part at least. So, uh, it, was a, it was a good squad. It was a decent squad, man. When, when you like, when you've um, played in like Jose, Ranieri, Big Sam... Mm. But it, there's, a, there's like you, it, like we just said about that dressing room. You had like four strikers exactly the same, or three strikers. In this case, you've got like three managers who are like from completely different, yeah, ta- like mm. times of football. Um, like I, I always think Ranieri's mad underrated. I feel like people always just go like, he's that guy who won Leicester the league that one year, but he had like a mad legacy before then. Mm. And then Jose is obviously now like people don't respect him at all, and Big Sam the same. Um. I feel like you as a striker or you as a person probably liked Big Sam the most. Mm, um, no, not really. That's not the truth. No, no. <laughs> no because um, no, 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 it was nothing personal. It was just like um, at that time, I've, I always felt I had more to my game than just being the big lump up front. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, yeah, and all Sam yeah. wanted to do was just knock it. No, no, no. That's a bit of a, it was a bit of a myth, but when the plan B, when plan A didn't work, would revert quickly to plan B. Do you know what I mean? No problem. And that was knocking it long. Get a fire Coley. Do you know what I mean? To get him, get a rat in and around him. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, it was to an extent, but that wasn't my type of football. I remember mm. I, I came from playing football. I was, I was, I came from the Chelsea ranks. You know what I mean? That's where yeah, my ball academy. Ball yeah, ball. so we was always we was on the floor. We didn't really do all of that big man up front at that time when we was coming through. And um, with, with playing on the floor. So there was an example when I think we under Zola, that's when I started getting that feel back for yeah. playing football on the floor. That way, the Zola, we were just playing pure triangles to build build from the back. We were doing that from that, that stage there. And that's what, that was the West Ham way. That's what West Ham um, fans went to see. So I, I remember scoring a, a, a goal up at Wigan. Um, that it was, I think it started from Scott Parker into Nobes, then Nobes back into. Um, Scott Parker. Scott Parker plays it through to Dee McKayles, and Dee McKayles, um plays it into me, who bends it, curl up like a like a like a Thierry Henry finish at the end, as such. But that goal um, was massive for us because we'd been working on that sort of sh- shape and play 
from the training ground for ages. That, that pattern, that specific pattern. Those yeah. patterns, and, mm. and that showed you, and it actually showed you that we had some good ball players in that team. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that can do these things and, and rip, open, rip open a team like that. So I, I actually felt when, obviously, we, we'd gone through a few managers to get to Big Sam, I was using a different capacity, but I was always, I could always do the other thing as well. I could always um, bring it down on the floor, play from the, you know what I mean? So we scored some good goals when, in my time at West Ham and I was part of it as well. But then we could score the other side of it as well when the manager changed um, and do the big man up front, far post. Um, Sam Allardyce always used to say, stick it in the pomo. So <laughs> when you say stick it in the pomo, that means stick it in the position of maximum opportunity. Wow. So pomo. Yeah. No, but for Big Sam, Big Sam, the pomo was actually the far post. Because uh-huh. that is where oh, really? lots of goals are scored. Yeah, because he's a really, he's a stat man. No one, like, not a lot of people know this. He goes in stats, bro. Like, and he goes, okay, where can I be? Where can I need? Where do I need the ball to get most out of it? So, so we can get a creative, creative goal or something. So he'll know where to place his players to stand, where where you're most likely to score a goal and win a game. So, okay. he say, so he was to say the back stick. Lots of goals are scored on that back stick because it's the position of maximum opportunity because sometimes the ball might be wide and it gets whipped across goal. Everyone misses it and there's someone yeah. on the back stick to tap it in. Or the long the, the long diag ball onto the back stick with the big man at the back heading it across back at goal. And Every then Nolan flex. Yes. And then that's what you call the, the his position of maximum opportunity. So it's quite interesting to see how Sam works. It was totally different to what I was going to expect. You um, I just sorry. I just I'm desperate to ask this question about John Franco Zola because I've got a little list of like players I'd love to like chat to. I was just like, about to ask to. him too. I was just about to ask him that too. Go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. You go. No, you I go. Mean, I, I, my question really had to do with like John Franco Zola because I remember that like 2008, 2009 season, and I remember actually West Ham were trying to play ball. Uh, like, contrary to, <laughs> I'm not gonna say Big Sam wasn't, but like it was more on the ground, like you were saying. Yeah. But I remember like the the perception around Zola was like too nice of a guy, like ex player. Did did you ever get the impression of that? Like, obviously, Zola is one of the greatest players to play in English football. Did did was there perhaps like a struggle to? I mean, you kind of hear these stories now about Henri, for example, brilliant player, but is he able to kind of implement those those thoughts onto players who weren't as good as him? Was there kind of the impression of that with Zola as well? Because the thing is, no. just to add to that, don't they? Or you always hear that the training had to stop because Zola was too good. That's what you <laughs> always hear. Yeah. So. So what it was with um, Franco. Franco, obviously, I played with him at um, Chelsea. Then obviously later on, he's my manager. But he kind of empowered his players. He wanted to empower his players, so that's why he wanted us to do all these patterns of plays. He was working on this in training all the time, and he even like used to get frustrated and join in in training to try and show us how it's really done. Do you know what I mean? And how he wants it to look. So he wasn't. He was. He's a lovely guy. He's respectful. Yeah. He's um calm guy you would love to be around him in his presence because it's just a, a and you don't he used that and he he got us playing for him do you know what i mean mm. he what we didn't want to let him down because he's, he's such a top fella do you know what i mean he didn't he didn't, he didn't rule by fear do you know what i mean he came in a different approach and and, and everyone respected him and wanted to and, and, and do the right thing in, in his name and, and honor him do you know what i mean so we we loved franco as in the dressing room we loved him 
yes, sometimes results wouldn't go right. We'd, rightly so, we'd be disappointed. Um, but at the same time, we all loved him and we wanted to do well by him and we didn't want to um, let him down, I'd say. And then, obviously, yeah, you said join him training, <laughs> mate. Um, I, re- I remember ben- Craig Bellamy and a few others had to go and um, they had to basically tell him, not you can't train with us, man. He's, he's actually... <laughs> He's turning inside out James Collins and Matthew no, Watson. Mate, our defence is our defence line is getting battered. Some old man is taking a mick out of you, mate. Like, come on. What is going on? And then I'm there looking I am I'm looking at that strike. I say, I can't do that. So the team morale <laughs> the team morale was going low, low. And then what so we, we actually caught it. Craig Bellamy, I think it was Nobes and um Somebody else as well went in to see to say, "Listen, Gaffer, you need to stop training with us because you're killing crazy. us. You're killing yourself, and you're killing us." <laughs> <laughs> telling me, telling me, Gaffer couldn't have done an Edgar Davis a Barnet job. Listen yeah. to this, right? Listen, listen to this story as well. Like, obviously, um, like we used to have Diamante that used to be on the free kicks. Yeah, he used to, he used to whip him, and he used to like, and then we had a few others as well that used to fancy themselves on the free kick. Now. You've got um, Zola there, so we're all, they're all trying three kicks. And like after, like obviously, you've done your my shoot. I've done my shooting practice, and the, some of the boys that can do three kicks will stay out and do some three kicks practice. Then Zola will join in, mate. See, so out of ten, Diamante will probably get two or three. Yeah, where he wants it, maybe Zola. Seven to eight out of ten, standard. That's crazy. Top bins, bang, bang. And we're looking at this and thinking, this is just godly stuff, man. This is like, yeah. no wonder he's been, he's been taught by Maradona, isn't it? So, you yeah, know, he's, yeah. he's been watching, he's been around, that's the greatness has rubbed off on him, mate, because he was unbelievable. At three six, some, some guy, man. Like, I, I hated reading them stories about him because, like, you'd always read a new story every day that, like, ex-player thought he was too nice and that's no, why he yeah. felt less. There was a lot of that going I didn't, around. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't feel that because he was great for me. As a striker, he understood me, innit? Um, I remember the first time we come into training and obviously he's got the boys around and then and we're, playing, we're about to play our first match and then he's he's come into the into the to the meeting room and he's gone, listen, you're doing that job, everyone knows what they're doing, but get the ball to Coley. Get the ball, he'll do the rest. Now, as a striker, when you hear them sort of lyrics, bro, yeah, yeah. you are oh, that's thinking, me. I'm that's muscle, me. mate. I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm not letting this geezer down. And my players believe in me. My manager believes in me. I'm about to go there and do some damage. Who, who's next? Who's next? Who, can, who wants this work? Who wants this work? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's empowering. He's an empowering magic manager for me. That's how I got into the English one. Well, let's, let's chat about England because obviously this is a World Cup pod. I literally just looked at my, like, um, run through and I was like, yeah, yeah, let's get to England. We've been chatting for about an hour. <laughs> we haven't got to England yet. Um, World Cup squad 2010. Uh, you scored 10 in 30, Darren Bent 24 in 38, yet neither of you guys made the final squad. Heskew scored three goals all season, got a call-up, uh, as did Peter, Peter Crouch, who scored less league goals in more games than you. Um, I'm not trying to say, like, call him out, nothing like that, because it's up to Fabio Capello at the time. What was that like, though? Because obviously you were playing you were playing very well. There was lots of things in the media about Fabio Capello. There was a lot of competition for strikers. There was Heskey, Crouchy. Um, I think Jermaine Defoe at that time yeah. as well. Brilliant There's a lot of strikers. Darren you, Bent, Peter Crouch. Loads Darren of Bent. There's a long list of strikers. You must have felt at that time that if you were going to get a chance for England, it was probably then. Yeah, look, look. Um, things happen in football where it's, it's all about timing, isn't it? 
that season I was flying. I, I, I thought everyone thought I was going to go to the World Cup because he was picking me quite a lot in the squad. Some of the teams, some of the squads, I wouldn't even be playing, but I'm in the squad anyway. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't get on the pitch. Some of the squad. There was a four-year period where I was always around it, but I didn't get enough game time, or I was just used as a training and I'm being a good person for the environment as well because that's one thing you've got to get right when you have a squad like that the environment is an um so the environment is the best it's like if it's the best thing you've got room to grow and and and, and i was good at um, bringing like energy to the to the boys and and um helping them through and and trying to sharpen the tools as well so i was a good trainer as well so i i, I never get my time going away of england but i did get boring after a while when i knew i wasn't gonna play <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> but um like yeah, that period was it was like that World Cup run up was hard for me to take because I got injured against Burnley at Upton Park that season. Um, I was on flames that season. Um, uh, I, I had numerous scouts. I was I, I was rumours of uh, there was rumours rumours that I was going to be getting bought from Man United, Liverpool. Hey, well. chat to me very quickly. You just said rumours. Those that can't see, you put it in. Uh... No, there, there were truth. There were truth behind yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? There was truth behind it, but at the same time. I didn't look at it like that. I didn't even want to leave London, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, don't, well, I hate leaving London, but... You lot hate the North, man. What's going no, on? You said, hell no. No, no, no. It wasn't that. It wasn't nothing to do with that at the time. It just I was playing good football, so you get recognised. If you're playing good football, good teams want to come and buy That's how it goes. Mm. The law of the land. And um, so I, I, I got to that point where I was flying, man, then I got injured that game. That one game, man, and then I, I, I bust my knee. And then I took um, about two. I had an option that season. I had, um, I basically had either to have an operation, which would make me ultimately miss the World Cup, so I wouldn't get the back end of the season, or it was to don't do an operation and do strengthen around the injury and just wait for it to heal naturally and do it, take its own time and just keep them pumping my VMO, my, my T-band, you know what I mean? Keeping my, my knee strong. So I opted for the second one, the, the latter, and um, it was it was a bad decision, I would say, because I, when I did come back, I did come back, I did play, but I wasn't fit. Do you know what I mean? So I know that they came to to watch, and I'd taken like two, three, three months out of playing, and it was and that was detriment to me actually um, not making the squad because I couldn't get back in time. I weren't fit enough, so it wasn't going to work. So they. That was one of the reasons why I, I, I failed that season to go to the World Cup. You had Fabio Capello at that time, and uh, I've read so much about Fabio Capello. Sometimes, like obviously, when you're in the media, when you read papers and all of that, it can get quite toxic in your mind because you have an image of certain people before you know anything about them. And I, in my head, if I'm just speaking as a football fan without any sort of media training or anything, I'm going Fabio Capello was not the guy. He wasn't a nice bloke to the England players, etc., etc. because that's what we've been sort of fed. What was it like having him around? Because I think things changed when he came in. It like I felt like no one was mixing, like we sort of touched on. He came along and said, everyone has to mix. And if you don't mix, you're doing one. Mm. Well, yeah, um, that was, that's hilarious as well. Yeah, no condiments, man. No condiments. Hey, we know we know loves his condiments, you know. Yeah, yeah, bro. Before I got to before I got to camp, man, I went to McDonald's and just ordered there. <laughs> like, met, you know, we got a session of mayo and the ketchup and brown sauces, and I just like bombed them in to, <laughs> into my bag. It was part of my travelling kit. 
but um but listen, yeah, he did look I got called up through Capello obviously and um but Capello was it's quite he was a quite he was a good guy. Don't get me wrong, he was a good guy, but he was a very um stern guy, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it's an authoritarian. It's an authoritarian. Yeah, it's an authoritarian. He all acts law and order. Do you know what I mean? And I get it. I get it. But with the lads that we had, um, it was very difficult for them to grasp that concept of, okay, could they come from Sven? And I was hearing great stuff about Sven. Do you know what I mean? Um, and 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 Sven was apparently unbelievable. They let they let the boys have freedom. Do you know what I mean? And go and do their thing. And we got to a Capello, and the Capello, this is what I felt. I felt it was just more tense. It was a place where, yeah, you had clicks, and that wasn't addressed. So mm. now when you see Gareth Southgate, he's addressed that. There ain't no clicks. Everyone, that's why now you see when they're playing Man City or Man United playing, and they're rivals, aren't they? Or Liverpool and Man United are playing their rivals. Um, after the game, they're, they're talking to each other. Like after the game, when they're walking down the tunnel, how do you do stuff? We we never used to do that back then. Like if we if we actually lost to say a top um, one of the teams, like our rival, there's no way, yeah, that we're talking to them in the same way. It's going to take a few days of camp to get us talking again because yeah. we take it into camp. He didn't mm-hmm. address that, Capello. He didn't address that. So that's why it was already um, it was hard. It was tough. Obviously, the St George's Park team is mad, isn't it? Like the St George's mm. Park, you know, what I mean, since its conception, all the boys have been together. It kind of yeah. fixed it a little bit uh, along yeah, the yeah. line. They had the fight plan, and it kind of yeah, 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 it worked. It worked, man. Because um, look, we when we was going away, if we was to go to camp, we'd use Grove. Um, the the, the I've what it's called now, the Grove, the, the Grove, Grove um, the Grove Hotel, and that's where we used to stay. So it weren't really a camp; it was just a hotel that we stayed in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, now nah, there's camp. St George's Park is unbelievable. Um, all the lads is there, and um, just they just all in probably one corridor catching jokes. Friends of my company there, yeah. yeah, so they're like, they're all best friends, man. Like, so it's good that that changed, and um, it had to change because um, that's the way you want a club environment, man. You want yeah. it to be a club environment when you go away to uh, England. Um, national duties. You don't want it to be a chore. You want it to be fun. You know, I remember you know the I, mean? I remember the Spanish players. Obviously, it's all right when you're winning, isn't it? They were so dominant. But um, you know, in and around that time, like you'd be like, oh yeah, I spoke to Juan Mata in 2013, and he was like, yeah, I can't wait to go away to Spain, go see the boys. Yeah, we were we were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, had Barca, they had Barca Real, the two clicks in there, man. Those yeah. guys wanted to kill each other during games, and then yeah. it'll change yeah, over, over the national break. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that, that's the manager setting that environment. It's very important. And that's one thing I'm going to take on with my coaching. Is, uh, the environment is the most important thing um, that you could have at a football club or at any level of football because if you, ain't, if you ain't got the right environment, there's no room for growth or you can't learn. There's no fertile soil to, to grow. So there's, you need the environment to be great. Is that why you think that team in 2010 went out in the round of 16, that the environment just wasn't... I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's just that man. Like I just say things happen. Um, sometimes that you get vastly unlucky as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, so what can we say if we if they'd have gone on to do really well? That formula would say works, and we'd be still doing it today. So mm. it, it just it just depends like what time time it is. You know what I mean? It, it depends in, in 
and 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 now it's this it's this era now where everybody social media has binded everybody together. You mm. know what I mean? Back then it was a text message like, oh, we had BlackBerry, we had BlackBerry. Um, hey, um, BlackBerry Messenger, Messenger. BlackBerry BBM. Messenger, yeah, BBM. <laughs> and then we used to, I, I, to connect. What we used to do, we used to play Call of Duty. Do you know what I mean? Or we used to play uh, Mario Kart on the on the on the PS on on the, on the little uh, was it the Game Boy? The thing. Wii. Was it PS Boy yeah, Wii? The, the little Wii thing games. And so there's different ways of communicating about them now. It's more open, and all these lads are all together now. They're all in a WhatsApp group. We never used that when we was at England. We didn't have a WhatsApp group. We didn't know that. So it's just everything's just different now, man. Plus, 2010, it was the, the year Rooney came in. Well, Rooney, every single international tournament, he comes in injured. But that, that was the one he came out. He came in off like the season of his life, got injured in March, was never the same after that, and then entered the world. And that's that's when he, he argued against Algeria, bro, when he started yelling at the camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't uh, uh, a little old Algeria. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> I don't know about that. There you go. Ziani and them, man. Yeah, Wes is a, is a special special talent, man. You know what I mean? So I can't, I I can't believe how good that guy is, man. Oh, we're not going to do the Wazza podcast, but. Shout I think we, I think we like forget how good he was. Like, yeah, think... he was unbelievable. Do you know what? Let me tell you a, a quick story as well. So obviously, like when I when I burst into the scene, Michael Richards, yeah, <laughs> like, when I was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I burst into the scene, yeah, um, I had um, obviously. I, I I think I came I think a month before Rooney or two months before then he came on and he scored that banging goal against Arsenal remember yeah. that goal for Everton yeah. and he just cut off. I was like I was like I was like who's this kid bro like, I was like I've, not, <laughs> I've heard about him like obviously because like, these times I was I was in and around um, the under 19 squad England under 19 so I think he played like under 16s so he was still young you know under 17 so i've heard about him as just this wonder kid but i was thinking uh, no one's better than me bruv like you know what i mean you're just like yo you're you're gassed in it like no one's better than me anyway he gets called up yeah for the english squad yeah i'm thinking no way before me like i'm grafted in man i'm actually grafted in that happened right so obviously lance and everyone's fell in um, to to camp. I'm not obviously. I'm I'm with the the twenty twenty ones. And then um, when I got back, when I got when we got back to to obviously club football, um, I had to go and ask in it. I was on lamps. JT like, is he that good? Is he that good? What everyone's saying? He goes, Coley is unreal. I've done okay then. When that was your reality check. Me, <laughs> when they said that to me, I said, right, these guys don't rate me like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know what? Yeah. When, I go, when I go back and watch them, it's just plain and simple. The geezer was 16, kicking grown men. Like, yeah. scouts. Like, you can't recreate that big man. You're with 2004. You that's, that's generational shit right there, man. Yeah, he's a top, top, top player, man. What? And, and the thing about it, look, I know um, even Ronaldo got beef at the moment. <laughs> they got they got, got rap wars going on at the moment, yeah. Battle um, rap. But, <laughs> yeah, but but look, 
Mm. Yeah, I, I, I see it, but listen, man, deep down, they respect each other at a level where, you know what I mean, they're ballers and they both know it, you know what I mean? So, look, we, who are we to judge such talented players and how they act and, and how they are, why they are like they are? Like, someone like Ronaldo, man, like, I know he's messed up a little bit now, but, look, at the end of the day, you can't take away the fact that he's one of the best players of all time. Course, and um and then and then look you're gonna get little jabs jibes like when people do ask you questions oh, how do you think he's acting you can have your point of view um and that's what was his point of view he, he feels that, that he should have more respect for the club and and all that he's part um now um, ronaldo's passed it but ronaldo shouldn't take it like that you know what i mean it's just it's just um it's just a passing comment and say you know what he's one of those ones where he just has to accept criticism sometimes you know like and that's your that's your friend, your teammate that you played with, and now he's got another job. He's on the other side of the fence. You don't have to go yeah. personal and start saying maybe because I look better than you. <laughs> <laughs> that was right. That was right. I was like, no, bro. Why you have to go there for? <laughs> I think he just flipped. I think he just uh, flipped. Like you know, like when like the switch just goes in your head, and he was like, "I'm yeah. just gonna go back to playground <laughs> vibes." <laughs> uh, yeah, Piers Morgan too jabbing him with a six foot pole as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 Come on, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. He set him up. He's saying what? If, if Ronaldo was English, he would have gone. Do you know what? Furthermore, he's bad. <laughs> 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 that's, like, that's the way. That's the way you would have said it if you're from London. <laughs> uh, the oh, no. Ronaldo Rooney beef's hilarious. There's just yeah. a whole Ronaldo interview thing. We did a whole podcast on it a few days ago, so I don't want to go into it too much. But yeah. he's a he's a very like particular person in my mind i haven't like come across him personally um i think you've have you played against him twice yeah a couple he's of times bro he's a boss man remember he's a boss now man like, he's got a brand to protect he's got people that's coming at him remember when ronaldo is a is a corporate entity bro mm. <laughs> he's the biggest athlete on the planet let's be real bro, like, let's let's think about this like when, mm. so when, when when someone's slandering his name yeah he's got to protect it's yeah. just as simple as that. Like, <laughs> like he's a product. He's a, he's a he's a business. So he's yeah. coming out to protect his brand, bro. Like, I I, don't, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, if someone's if someone's talking about your pod in a in, in a derogatory way, you gotta come out and say, oh, no, I said this the other day. I said like we were chatting about this, and people were saying he was very disrespectful to Gary Neville by not shaking his hand. And I said, if say one of the boys on my pod who I've known for a little bit. Like, say you walk off now, Carlton, and you're you're going, yeah, 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 sick, sick. And then I hear you're chatting to the next man, this pod is this, and this yeah, pod is that. Yeah. <laughs> you're not shaking your hand, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Exactly. That's my business. You're, you're, you're to my business. <laughs> well, you don't think Ronaldo likes money, too. He's protecting his phone. He loves money, bro. He loves money. So what are you going to do as a business person? You're coming out to protect. Like, and you've got man. influential people. Having jabs at your business. It's normal behavior. <laughs> yeah, you've got to say something, man. You've got to say something. Um, aside from Ronaldo, Rooney, etc., I think uh, the point you made about money is very interesting to me because I think, like, these days, times are changing. I don't know, like, I'm not going to ask you this, but when you were like 17, 18, 19, 20, coming up in the ranks, um, you were not making the type of money that what a kid now is making because they're making crazy money. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I, like my feeling is like you work with youngsters I just feel like it's too much too soon and then mm-hmm. lots of other things happen 
And then it starts to look really bad that this kid, you know, because a lot of the time, as we know, it'll be painted as this person, he doesn't have this and he doesn't have that. He's from these ends, he's from that end. But in my sense, I'm going, listen, even if I was from good ends, if someone's giving me 30K at the age of 17 a week, something bad's going to happen. Because I don't know what 30K looks like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Carlton, yeah. Did, Carlton did, you, did you play with Ravel at, uh, at West Ham or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was mentoring him. I was mentoring him, but Ravel, he's a top lad, very top lad. Um, only problem with Ravel at the time was um, he'd be he'd be sound at training, great lad, great character. You'd want to help him. Um, only problem with Ravel that he found difficult was when he went home. <laughs> so if he mm. goes up back north and he's got around his own surrounding, he found it hard to get out of that that cycle again. Do you know what? Yeah, and then, you, you know what I mean. So, but you have to understand him. You have to understand his background, how he's come from, and where he's come from. It ain't that yeah, easy? Do you know what I mean? So. You've got to understand this part and, and, and it's up to him to realise it faster. And you're just trying to prompt him. You don't want to force him, but things happen to players and they, they've got their own drive. Do you know what I mean? You could be the best player in the world, but if you don't have that drive that gets you out of bed to go and be the best in the world, you're not going to get there. So he's got he's had to find his drive to be that person. Now I'm seeing he's getting older, more wise and more mature. He's enjoying his football over in DC United now. You know, he's happy. And that's all I wanted for him, man, just to be happy. Because sometimes, yeah, like, making even making it in football, yeah, you might not be happy, bro. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just want, you've got to just always, I always say, listen, you can always make money or you can always do something else that makes you happy. You don't have to do this. Like, and if you do it, then do it with all your, your might. Do you know what I mean? Don't leave anything to chance. Do it efficiently. If, it's, if you're not happy, if you're going to trade your happiness for that, then do that. But don't mess it up and um, start doing things outside the box because you're, you're bored. Because I was one of those youngsters. I, it was hard. When you get money chucked at you at a young age, and um, it's more than what any of your friends are making, more than, <laughs> than you'll ever see, that like your mom will ever see in her lifetime. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. mad. Like, coming from school straight into that environment, it's mad. So only certain people can relate to that. Do you know what I mean? And people judge youngsters um, without looking at the whole picture. And I feel it's a little bit wrong. And um, now there's player care, there's um, safeguarding, there's people around to try and help, there's mentors now. I didn't have a Colton Cole um, coming up. I had my uncle, do you know what I mean? That, but he didn't make it. So I had. To, I was going on the things that um, he was telling me. And he obviously he had an experience in the game before. So he was like, not, not at a high level, but he was at youth level, but he, was, he found it hard. So he was telling me the things to look out for, what I can do. And they take it to the next level. Then now I'm trying to do the same for these youngsters. But I've actually been in the game. So I'm, I know I'm at a great place to help them. But you got to say, at the same time, when you look at the, the youngsters now, yeah, they do get carried away because they're getting loads of money, man. Like, it's a natural thing. All they need, all they need is the guidance around them. If they've got the right guidance and the right family and the right friends, they should come out okay. But, then you, it might be one thing that makes them go astray, and then you just got to try and nip that in the bud quickly to try and get them back on track. It's really hard, man. It's not. It's not. A, it's a difficult thing. A very, very difficult thing. But I sympathise with a lot of footballers that get into For a sure. lot of trouble. For sure, man. People are just from different backgrounds. We'll move on, but like, it's just, it's just long, man. Like I can imagine, like you, you're in this professional environment, everything's cool, you're focused, everything, and then you go back home where people are just doing this. Everyone's bunning. Like, no one's really doing anything. People are on badness, first and foremost. And it's just like, and then all, all you kind of are motivated to do is just kind of be a part of that. Like, what? it's just where I'm from, isn't it? 
Yes, yeah. yes. It's long. And it's a cycle that keeps on going around. But the, if you can break away from it, sometimes you've got to tell your mates, nah, man, I'm not on it. <laughs> Leave it. And, and, some, and your mates or mate, like, you might say, you know what, I'm going to protect him, stay away from it. Mm, or they'll they say, oh, come again, bro. And they, that's what they should be saying, nah, go away. Do you know what I mean? So it depends, and it depends what type of person you are as well. You might be stubborn, man, like, and you go still doing the madness. Like, that's, so, that's what separates the grades, though, right? The mentality to, yeah. to kind of zone all of that stuff out and still, like, keep your laser focus at the top. That's what makes Ronaldo, for example, Ronaldo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ronaldo managed to do all of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Ronaldo, he's got, he's got, a, he's got a, a great story as well. Like, obviously, yeah. his dad was around him for, for so many years, and obviously, he passed, didn't it? So that alone was another thing, a drive for him to go to the top again. Do you know what I mean? There's things and turning points in people's lives and moments. There's moments that kind of like gives you that drive and that burning desire. To go again once you've done everything. Ah, I've got that. So I've got. I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to keep you going again. Or so your career might be going down and going downhill. Something happens to you which um, switches that light on, and then you think, "No, nah, I want to take this up. This is my only way out. I'm going to go to the top." I had that, so I get it. It's really, it's, it's really interesting how people convert negativity into positivity. You're, you're like a very, very positive person like in in the two hours we've been talking or hour and a half whatever i feel like there's so many taglines that people will definitely have in their bio on instagram do you know what i mean like you're one of those guys every line is an instagram quote bro <laughs> literally um but i was doing some googling and I, I know like you spent some time with dan abrahams the psychologist and you obviously mentioned that like, you've had like ups and downs in football i think that's changed a lot now isn't it like these days there's sports scientists there's uh, mental health awareness, like people are, uh, that work at clubs. What was that like for you? Because I feel like you were probably one of the first people to actually tap into the mental side of your game to, to that level, because now it's happening all the time, which is only a good thing. But how was that being like, like you just said, like you were before you in this, literally just in this pod alone, you went, you were with Rooney, you thought you were the guy. Then you were with Mourinho, you thought you were the guy, but you understood Drogba was there. Then you were at West Ham, you were the guy. Then you were at England, you were the guy. But then in between those loads of other stuff going on. So that must have been like, boom. Mm. So like with me, um, I felt, I, I, I actually suffered from, um, I'd say, imposter syndrome. Have you ever heard of that? Mm. For sure. So I, there was a time when I felt like, rah, I'm around all of this. Do I fucking deserve it? Do I, am I supposed to be here? How have I got it? <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm with the Sae, I'm with like, I'm, I'm with um, JT, I'm with um, Petit, I'm with all Babiara, I'm with all these, these winners, you know what I mean? All around, Zola, Adika Johnson, like, we're going back in time now. And then I'm thinking, and then you get to a point, I'm like with the cameo and I'm with like all these big ballers, you know what I mean? Big ballers. So I'm thinking, right, do I, I'm, am I actually here or am I here? I don't, I don't get it. Why am I here? Because I didn't have self-belief. I didn't have that. And I suffered from that all the way through my career. I was just like winging it, bro. Like I, to get how far, to get how far I got to, then realizing, oh, I need to change my, change things around because I'm taking this for granted. It actually was a long time, a long space of time. So my career didn't go up like it was supposed to just go straight up because I didn't have that self-belief or confidence. So I got to a point when I got to West Ham now, so I've, I've just been bought West Ham. Now, I'm part of six strikers at West Ham when I got bought, actually. 
So the first was um, Teddy Sheridan, then you had Dean Ashton, then you had um, Marlon Harewood, then you had Bobby Zamora, and then I was the fifth that came in, yeah? Mm-hmm. So now, that's five strikers in one squad, yeah? Oh, one one team. Names. That's a lot. And then, thinking, think about this, so the gaffer has told me when he brought me, so listen, um, Alan Padre at the time, listen, you're going to be playing, you're going to be playing, so don't worry about all those strikers. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be the man. So he's gassed me, innit? I signed, standard, you do that, innit? Then what, what's happened next? The two Argentinians come over, innit? So you've got Mastrovano yeah, and Tevez, yeah? So now I'm thinking, right, I've gone back to six in the pecking Long day. <laughs> Long day. <laughs> I'm there thinking, it's done for me out here. Like, how am I going to get in this team? Do you know what I mean? As a young lad as well, and I was the same age as Dino, Dean Ashton, but he was he got bought for seven million. I wasn't that much. Mm. Like, I mean, I just I was coming through. So anyway, like I, I got to the point where I was like, you know what, I just got to bide my time. During this time, there's a lot that was happening. So the first season it was the great escape season when we um almost got relegated. And um it was one of those ones where I didn't really play that much on my first season. It was it was a very frustrating season for me. Then the next season a lot changed and a lot happened and um it got to the point where um, I've just had to play because there's so many injuries. Alan Carbishley now was the manager. He didn't want to play me because I, he didn't actually want to play me. This is a funny story. He actually didn't want to play me because I didn't go, um, on a loan for the second season running, um, from Chelsea to Charlton. Uh, I went to Villa instead, so he held that against me. I know he did. Oh my God. My agent told me at the time, but him and, um, a few others had a few arguments, so he got rid of them straight away. He was trying to get rid of me. I was trying. To, I was going to probably go to Derby at the time, um, and he was trying to usher me out the door. So, but it got to a point where I couldn't go because there was too many injuries. I was the last man standing. <laughs> that's how I started getting much. That's why, till this day, when I'm talking to these youths, yeah, and I always say, your best weapon, even if you're not even good enough, your best weapon, yeah, is to be fit. <laughs> Best don't ability. be, a, don't be, you be the best player in the world, yeah? But never fit. You ain't playing, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or even if you do play little bits bits of Bob, so you're in and out, two, three games there, they're back again, getting injured. Two, three games and you're coming in. The manager can't rely on you. So yeah. you ain't going to be the main player with those that are your best in the team. So you need to stay fit. Try your best to have that fitness at all times because... What it is, you just keep. If you're available, you'll always have a chance. And if you if you're available, you have a chance to score. And that's how I got back in. I started playing well. I was available. I started to move. Um, like uh, I say, right. You know what? These boys were they're depending on me. I started to take on the the, the responsibility mm-hmm. of being a first team player. Now, like I'm the man. I gotta mm-hmm. be. So I started just giving it my all. That's how my the tide started changing. The fans started to get on side. They were boosting me. And then it got to a point where we didn't need some of those some of those strikers that we had before. We was adding strikers to come and compliment me now. Do you know what I mean? So that's what it was. So it, the dynamics changed, but that came from working with Dan Abraham. He was a psychologist, and it was um, he just taught me different techniques to try and get on track. And um, whenever I had thinking thinking negative thoughts, I could come back and on the positive side quite easily. Now. So it's a good power to have. I have to ask you, Carlton, as a United fan, um, the Tevez situation. Obviously, like that, like you said, it kind of just got thrown upon you. Ended up saving the season, last day of the season, Old Trafford. But I've heard Rio talk a lot about Tevez, basically saying the guy was a genius on the pitch. 
but in training, he's the worst trainer he's ever he's ever played with. Like no one wanted Carlos Tevez on their team in training. At West Ham, was it similar? Yeah, yeah, he's um, he was an oh, big man. There's no way he just came into the club first time in England and was sacking it off. Then I bet she. Must <laughs> I was going to say at least they United, okay, but the first the first few training sessions. When he Surely was playing, when he what it was when he got so listen, he's a big man, isn't it? Big boss. So he comes into training. We had to learn Spanish. You know what I mean? Like we had to learn <laughs> his dialects. Bro, it was mad. It was a mad thing. Mascherano, like he was like Mascherano. Was, he was the best trainer, man. Like yeah, I some figured. of the stuff, some of the stuff that he was doing, man. The way he was just flying balls. The, the only person I've seen do that. The way he used to ping balls left and right, left foot and right, uh, left foot and, um, and right foot. It's got to be when I used to watch Rude Hillock train when I was a when I was a young whippersnapper. Like, so was, was pinging diagonally. Yeah, and then Glenn Hoddle used to do that, I heard, back in the day. But I saw Rude Hillock, he used to do these pings, boy. Like, I used to watch, because I used to go and clean his boots. I used to be his boot boy. So I used to see him ping these balls. Mascarano had the same sort of pings, boy. And that's elite level, bro. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, and um and, and the other person, Emmanuel Petit had that as well. Like we could then boys can then man can ping balls, boy. So when I, I used to see Mascarona do that, I was like I was getting them sort of vibes off him. Those boys, those big boys. And then um but Carlos Tevez, what he would be like, he would just be um he'd be calm, man. He won't be steaming about like he would in a in a in a in a, in a league game. He'd be calm. He'll still do his little bits and bobs, but he ain't gonna be going crazy and going ham. He don't wanna get injured at the end of the day. He wants to exert all of his his um his his juice into the game, bro. Like that's what he was thinking about. He's thinking about Saturday. He wasn't thinking about impressing the manager mm. from Monday to Friday because he knows he's impressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna say, is that one of just those players like you kind of hear about? Like you have to manage different players differently, and was it just a case that like you guys just knew that okay, he's gonna sack it off in training, but at the weekend he's gonna do a, a moment of magic that's gonna save you guys the game, and then of course save you from relegation. Yeah, look. At the end of the day, that but that is the that's the trap that I think we we um, got lured into um, that season. That's why it was called the Great Escape season because we was thinking as players. Obviously, we had our had our squad, and then the two superstars get inserted last last day of the last day of the transfer window. <laughs> so everyone's definitely unsettled again. You know what I mean? But but and, um, I, I find it mad that like obviously it was just such a different time, and they are. Just they obviously did go on to be superstars. I, I just find it mad that they were perceived as superstars straight away. Yeah, they, they were the ones because they used to be owned by like a separate like agent yeah. at that yeah. point. It was like basically was chaos loading chaos them out. Yeah, yeah, Kia, Kia, is one of my mates as well. Like he's a top yeah. man. And um, so when they come in, like I got the dynamics of it straight away because I knew Kia. You know what I mean? But um, like when they come in, I, I I knew that they were here. To get the game time in it, like to come and prove themselves over here, and and um, and seeing that was was a bit unsettling for like the rest of the squad as well, because for sure uh, we was used, it wasn't used, but we we felt that the players that they was coming in for would um, not be used, so we really had our our core what we thought we was going to be, but it didn't work out that way because it didn't work out the way that we thought because all the players wanted to funnel. The, the play through them at the start of it, and then we get into a kind of um, a sequence where it's not working because they have to they have to climatize, they have to be fed in. They can't just come mm. and play a Premier League just like that. I don't care who you are, yeah. Mm. You need to come and come in with some respect 
Only Haaland's done what he's done. I was going to say, Erling Gallant doesn't have to do that, I guess. <laughs> Erling Haaland has done it, but there's not, that, that, that's not always normal. You have to come mm-hmm. in and, and feel your way in the league first. It's a different place to be. And, and it didn't work. And, 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 and listen, it weren't like he was gonna, they were coming into a Liverpool, Man United, or a big team like that at the time, or Chelsea even, that had great, great players around it to enhance them. They had to come and lift us kind of thing because mm-hmm. they were quality was up there and mm-hmm. it, it it worked it kind of backfired and that's why we kind of struggled that season but we came good at the end um and there was more c- components to it why it did work out that way but that was probably one of the main reasons i'd say interesting carlos tevez man like for me goes down as one of the best players i've ever watched live like, and mm. i've watched every player you can think of pretty much, but there's some players that you just watch and you just go like at any given moment, if Carlos Tevez decides that he wants to do something, he can just do it. Like he actually yeah. is that good. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like being on the playground, isn't it? With the best baller that plays for Academy. Everyone else plays Sunday league. Do you know what? Yeah. It easy. And but oh, like, if he wants to do it, he'll do it. Like, yeah, yeah. Pit ball, bro. He's so strong for how small he is. He couldn't yeah, shake him the thing about it, yeah, I heard about Tevez when I was at Chelsea, so obviously... Really? Um, you he would have been at Boca, what, he was just slamming yeah, in South America? Yeah, he was at Boca, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there was a rumour that he was going to come to Chelsea. That's when I first heard about him. Do you know what I mean? There was rumours that he was going to come to Chelsea, so that's that was the first time I've ever heard it. So obviously, when you get hear these rumours, I'm going to take notice. Who's this Tevez guy, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I started taking notice, and uh, that's when I knew he was a great player, because I'd done some research on him. And he was uh, just top, man, top. And then when he came to West Ham, I was like, this guy's following me about me. Like, <laughs> man, love, come, man, love. He's threatened to come to Chelsea. Now he's coming to meet me at West Ham, bro. Let me have my space, man. Fucking <laughs> oh, hell. Yeah, googling how to say geezer, please leave, give me a fucking <laughs> 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 You know what? Me and, me and my friends to this day, though, like, bro, I, remember, I was the first. I was the first one to take him out on the tiles, man. It was hilarious. Man. That doesn't surprise me at where, all. No, where'd, you, <laughs> where'd, you, where'd, you, where'd you go? I took him embassy, man. I took him embassy back in the day. Where well, casino first and went embassy. Everyone, <laughs> this is when I knew. This is when I knew he was really famous, and I didn't really think he was that famous, to be honest. I thought, ah, uh-huh. oh, yeah, Carlos Tevez. But my man was getting pure love. I took him down to the mail of people. It's like Carlos. It's like Carlos. Oh my God, he was. Mate, he was a rock star over here, man. Like, I remember I took him out. He was wearing, he looked like Scarface. Of, uh, remember Scarface with the, the, the white blazer and the black yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. And, and he had it out like that and he had a big medallion. That's how my man was rocking his, his head. <laughs> oh. He was, he was, roller, man. He was <laughs> powerful, bro. He was powerful, bro. Powerful, mm. powerful guy. The Don. The Don, Um, Carl, just before I let you go, a couple of quick questions, quick fire questions. Um, yeah. Who's the best player you've ever played with? Nice. Zola. Who? Zola. Zola. Matter who. Matter no, I didn't who. Know. I didn't hear what he said. <laughs> no, nah, we talked about it earlier. <laughs> that guy's a magician, bro. Like, I've not seen nothing like it in training. Like, you see, it's an all-round thing. Best player I played with has got to be Zola, man. They were tired of shirt at Chelsea. 25, innit? That's how good he was. Yeah, oh, crazy man. baller. Um, do you think you could still play at this level now? Definitely if you were... Nah? Not. Why not? Yeah, yeah, man. Oh mate, yeah, yeah. I struggle to score goals. I struggle to score goals anyway. And then now you're telling me they're going to judge it by offside by a little toe. <laughs> I'm not having it, bro. I'm not having it. I'd, I'd, I'd retire. I'd Long retire. day. Long uh, day. Long day. Like, I'd be, listen, 
I'll be going, yeah, I swear down. If they're saying my arm is offside, yeah, and my whole body, and they're saying that they're taking the goal away from me, bro, I'm down. I swear, I'm sat here thinking you're going to say I can't mix it at this level because of this, that, and the other. And you're saying you couldn't mix it at this level because of tech, nothing else, because of technology. I was going to say, Carlton, you were saying you like playing on the ground. I was going to say, though, Carlton, you said you like playing on the ground. Wouldn't it help you more at this stage? No. So if, imagine Big Sam's the manager and it's in the air. I'm all arms and elbows. I'm getting sent off every game because they're going to be replaying it. Did he, did he follow one of his arms? Or did it, do you know what I mean? And I'm a yeah. right player. And, and you'll, so and you'll get caught on, oh, mate. It'll be dirty. And you know what I mean? Like It's the 25th yeah. minute. You just get like getting into it a little bit. You give a little elbow to the centre-back yeah. on the way back up. Like, yeah, you, get, you, can't, you can't do the little dark arts anymore, man. So, mm. no. Nah, because what I used to do in the, like, in the penalty box... Like, obviously, we've got a corner, corners for us. I just used to do like a lot of pinching, lots of just like um, walking backwards, knowing that his toes there, dig my heel, dig my heel into it with the stud, and then turn it and say, Sorry, mate. You know what I mean? Let's I get love away, that. Sir. I love that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mate. We're getting away with that no more. So, you know what I mean? So, like, mm. the dark heart, so I won't be able to play in this era. It's different. Who's. Who's giving it back loads when you're doing that? I've got a few people in mind, but... Listen, I say I wouldn't be able to play in this era. I'd obviously have to adapt, but it'd take a lot from, from my game. Um, the, the the players that I used to, to hate coming up against, I'd say, is like Ryan Shawcross, bro. Like, those sort of players. Oh, uh, they just got... So I used to do them tricks of him. I used to do those tricks with him just to try and get up upper hand because this guy uh, had no decorum or didn't... He did had no... He had no physical... Um, when he was on that pitch, there was no pain for him. He had no pain barrier. Oh, he was just there. Signs of a tree, man. <laughs> he was a great guy. He was a really great guy, but my man was hard to play against. I used to hate playing against him. Um, I don't know what he's like as a person, actually, but on the pitch, he was fine. Off the pitch, I don't know what he's like as a person, but he just got on my nerves. He just got on my nerves, bro. Like, I knew I was a good player, man. This guy, I've faced better than him. But I can't get past this geezer. What's happening? It's one of them frustration ones. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I, bet you, I bet you in real life, he's a lovely guy. Like, he's he just is. a normal northerner. Just a oh, normal northerner having a good time. <laughs> yeah, man. He just wants his tea and biscuits, bro. That's yeah, it. man. <laughs> um, last two. Um, firstly, a player you'd love to play with that plays now and obviously you didn't get a chance to play with. Ooh. Oh, I would have loved to play with But you've got to, like, obviously mix with your game. If you go with, like, Messi, obviously it's, it's, you know, it's chalk and cheese. Yeah. Um, Stinks a KDB, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. KDB, man. Like, like, bro, he's just put it on a plate. But, like, even the hardest of through balls, man, like, putting it on the plate, like, you wouldn't mm. even imagine that coming to you. Like, in a game, you make the run, but don't think it's going to get there. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Like you just do the right, you do the you do the gesture run. So yeah, I made the run. I know you ain't got the capabilities to do it, yeah, but yeah. I'll but I'll take the defender with me. Go on then, go on then. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? I'll take him with me. Go on, go on then. Go on then. <laughs> but not actually expected to actually get it on my pinky toe. Nah, I'm not having it. Nah, nah, I'm nah, not having nah, it. He's a cool animal. He's tight. He'll be pulling on my head far post. It'll make me look bad because I miss more. <laughs> 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 Hey, to be fair, did you play with Stevie G when you were at England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing with Stevie. Stevie, he was top man. He was top. And my, actually, on my debut, 
um, against Spain, I played with uh, David Beckham. And like, uh, I, I just came on, I just came on and he was on the pitch already. He came on the second half, the start of the second half. And he put me in. And I almost scored my first goal for England, probably my first and only goal for England. And he, put, he was the one that put me in. But the pass that he put me in with was just lovely, delightful, man. It was delightful. The way I passed. No, no, no. No, I went round the keeper. I went past um, Rayner. And then I, I thought, I put a, it's going in the net, isn't it? Then some geezer, the right back from nowhere, bruv. Some like, geezer, you know? Some, some geezer, Spanish I'm, geezer. Where's your Ramos? I've never heard of this guy ever since, bruv. It's like he was yeah. just set up to demand me that one goal and go, listen. <laughs> and listen for the rest of his career, bruv. Like, I see him after that, man. Where was this guy? Anyway, sure. it, was a, it was a brilliant piece of, it was a passionate play. But the weight that um, Bex put me in with, that was just unbelievable, man. Like, and that's the sort of service you get at that level. You know what I mean? And that's, um, it's just good to be around that man and have that sort of, that sort of ballers around you, man. I got, I got one question for you, uh, Carlton. Out of all the players that you played with at West Ham, who do you think was the best one you played with? Because I'm thinking of one name, but obviously you may have a different, ex- oh, you definitely have a different, different experience. Who's that one I'll name say, that sticks I'll out I'll for say you? Tevez or Mascarano, Dante I was thinking like Scott Parker personally, but out of um, all the players you played with, out of all the players, the best player that I've played with probably is Scott Parker, yeah, there. Really yeah. Right. Play. yeah, he was a baller, man. He was a proper baller. Um, Scotty, like, he, he influenced the lack of Mark Noble, how he is now. Uh, Mark Noble loves Scotty, man. Like, they're... That's his idol, bro. Trust me. Like, Scotty, oh, the way... Scotty. Scotty's a, a top man. The way he carries himself is exactly how hard Moses wanted to be. And now he's, he's being that guy as well. Like, you can yeah. see... I can see it. I see it every day, like when I see. It. And it's good to have sort of um, role model and influence around you because they're, they're serious guys. They take football seriously. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, Scotty Parker definitely up there for me. Um, up there. There's no. I played with some great players at, at, at West Ham, man. There's uh, like there's a dark horse all the time. I always go for is um, um, D McKayley's. So D McKayley's for me, well, personally, he. Wow. He was a first striker, number ten that I played with, that didn't wasn't interested in nothing else but making me score goals. <laughs> like usually he's in competition with me. Like I can let me get more goals than you. Him, he was like, nah mate, you got you're the number nine, you're scoring. So I was like, Rah. this guy's like, that's a different mentality to come with. Like, <laughs> like I've never had that. I've always been in competition. Like as I said from before with the five, six players I had to be in competition with. To have another striker come on, I'm thinking, yeah. wow, you don't want beef? Oh, cool. Like, <laughs> what, you're playing for me? Oh, oh that's sick. Like, do you know what I mean? So t- for him to do that, and then he actually influenced me in the right way, and it's this little Coley, this ain't a competition, I want you to score. I want you to score. I don't care about me. I've had, like, you know what I mean? So that was, um, so Dean McKay is a, is a good player that I, I actually respect and admire as well. Dope. I love that big man. And last one from me, yeah. So what now? So obviously, big yarns. I'm an international man. Yeah. My babes is from Indonesia. You get me? Big Ooh, man. I played that there. How, I played that there. Indo? Are you kidding yeah. me? Obviously, uh, you get me? Like, that's my babe. She's from Indo, Indo. Do you know what I mean? She's from yeah. London, right? She's from Indo, yeah. my boy. Okay. Yeah, bro. Like that was a great experience, man. Like, I, like is I must a football say, out there carnage? Just like snaps. Bro, bro. It's like they got hooliganism out there and everything. Man. <laughs> Bro, bro, look, look, you see the, you see the, the footage the other day, like, on mm. TV, like, people dying, man, because, like, the police don't even have to handle them. I had the police that I throw tear gas 
in a crowd full of a thousand, thousands of thousands of people. Obviously, there's going to be a stampede and there's going to be deaths. Do you know what I mean? Like in a stadium, it's weird. But the the hooliganism out there had to be has to be addressed. They actually got done for it as well. Like you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're getting done. Disorder. Like I remember someone. There was a fan that died. Like I spoke for a team called Percy Van Dorn. It's, quite, it's yeah. funny how I've got. It's funny how I got out there. Actually, it was um, Michael Essien gave, gave us a call. Said, "Listen, no, I've got, I'm part of a gig for you, innit? I was about to retire. I just came back from Sacramento playing out there for after Celtic, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna hang my boots up now. I'm tired. I'm gonna get into the second part of my life. And then um, he gives me a call. Said, "Listen, bro, I'm out of something for you. Coming out." He goes, "Yeah." I said, "I said, show me the money. Show me the money." I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> I'll put my up." I put I put my boots back on. Why not? I get out there. I wasn't I wasn't fit enough. I didn't. I, I was a they call you a marquee player out there. So obviously um, the Brandons like they branded West Ham and Chelsea striker comes to Indonesia and then they make it make it a big thing. They actually do that more than you play football. They care about that part more mm-hmm. than the football. Do you know what I mean? The branding of the because it's good for the country. It's good for the the league over there. And um, it's just good that, that they've got superstars like Michael Essie and that. There's loads of others as well. There's just Soko playing for other teams over there. There's loads of other players. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was actually a, it was a good gig, man. And um, I had a good experience over there. And the people are so lovely over there, man. Once you get to know them, they're just great people. Um, loads, of, loads of religious people as well. Like they love, they respect God and they just want to do better and they want you to, you to do well as well. But there are some conniving people out there, though, still. Speaking of stories for another time, I've got a mad story about Michael Essien, but um, we're all out of time. Um, no. So <laughs> I will tell it another day. <laughs> uh, Carlton, thank you yes, so much man. for opening the pod. Leah Gianni, as ever, absolute pleasure. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully chat to you guys soon enjoy the World Cup if I don't speak to you until after the World Cup Carlton are you going out there? Um, I was supposed to but no I've just been booked for talk sport so I'm just going to be doing all the games for talk sport man. yeah as you do it as you do I'll be here chilling cheers you lot listening man. make sure you follow yeah. Yanni, Lears and Carlton if you for whatever reason don't already follow Carlton um, of course follow the No Ratings pod and of course, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.